Recorded live. Hi, everyone. This is Nancy with Living Relationships God's Way. Thank you for joining us. If you are listening right now or later uh, to our recording, maybe you found us on TalkShoe, maybe you found us on a video on a social media site, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Google+, uh, maybe you're listening right now. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, I just love today's technology because when I'm not traveling, I can still connect with people that I have met, uh, new people, everything we do here at Living Relationships God's Way, which is part of the Relationship Project, is about relationships. Relationships, wow, they are important, aren't they? Maybe to some people they're not, you know, people that maybe they're going through some rough stuff and they just withdraw from people, or maybe they've been hurt in their life in the past uh, really, really deeply. And instead of staying with people, or maybe it is time that the friends that you had, that that just wasn't working out because you found out they were not really your friends. And it's time to find some new ones. But instead of doing that and being out there, maybe attending events or going to things at your church or your organization or even at your workplace, instead that you have withdrawn. And when we withdraw, that is a type of an ending, but that's not a good ending. God desires us to be in relationship and live relationships his way. And relationships are not easy. If anyone's listened to me uh, for a long time or maybe you attended a conference in the past that I led called Relationships as a Heart, that's something we talk about. We talk about, you know, there are times it's just really uh, difficult in relationships, and the closer we get to someone, the more we get to know one another. Sometimes we have some differences, and, um, you know, we don't want to talk about them. Uh, so one person will just leave the relationship, or they will say, you know, I, I'm not going to talk to you. I don't want anything to do with you. Sometimes it's a misunderstanding. Sometimes it's someone that has hurt us uh, physically, and we do need to step away uh, from those situations, but when it comes to relationships, it requires intentional, intentional communication. You know, there are times in my life, uh, even though I lead what's called the Relationship Project and the Relationship Conference, it doesn't mean all my relationships are perfect and everything goes fine. No, in fact, is what it means. It pushes me to stay in relationship with people even when I don't want to be there anymore. Now, because of what I do, uh, I am around I, I am just around a lot of people, whether I am traveling 
um, I attend a large church or I go to events, but I do have some friends that they are just my close friends. I can't spend time with everyone. I would love to. I would just love to be able to sit down with everyone who contacts me and have a cup of coffee and, and chat or have a small event or um, even when I have a conference, I would love to talk to every single person individually who is with us and who is attending, but it's almost impossible. So all of us is what we need to be sure that we have a few close people in our life that we can spend time with. And when we find that we become very close friends and something comes along, I call it a hiccup, you know, begins to cause some problems, we need to make sure that we're not afraid to talk about whatever the issue is, you know? It may be something as simple, especially for women. It may be something as simple as, say, for instance, someone comes up to me, and because of what I do, people are always giving me advice, especially women, how to wear my hair and how to wear my clothes. And someone may see me dressed one way, and they decide to talk to me about, you know, you you look much better in this color, and then someone else will come along, and I'll be in the color that someone else likes, and they'll say, you know, that color's not for you. You need to go in this color. Or, for instance, right now, my hair is long, and someone may come along and say, you know, you should get your hair cut short. You look better with your hair cut short. And then when my hair was short, someone said, you know, you should grow your hair out long. I'll bet you look better with long hair. And sometimes we can get into such issues with close friends that we can have friends that they have decided this is what you should do and this is how you should do it. But because we're close friends, it's not like those ones at a distance, like I just on the inside shrug it off and go about my way and 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 try my best to look the best that I can and wear what works best for me and a lot of times what that feels like for me. Um, and those I just shrug it off. But if it's someone who's close to me and they continue to like pick at me, um, just like if it is someone in your household, in those relationships we need to speak up because we're around them all of the time. Uh, That's just a little rant about relationships today and about the Relationship Project and where we're headed. So right now we're moving into when the end arrives. Man, I, uh, you know, just shared with you, there are times that we work at our relationships to become close, but then there are other times that in our relationships, the end arrives. And they're not bad endings. They're not always an ending because there is anger in the relationship. They are not always um, ended because one person abused the other. Um, it is not always about endings uh, that are uh, painful and something happens that we know Um, Even God is severing this relationship. The end is here. But there's also good endings. You know, we began to talk about endings in part three of when the end arrives. And now we're in part four, and we're finishing off our series. And we are looking at how to continue forward when the end is slowly approaching or arrives suddenly. Suddenly, 
There's an end in front of us. What does it look like? There are many endings that happen in our lives. You know, we can read a book or look at a movie, and throughout that book as we're reading or watching this movie, we will see endings. Maybe a character in the movie or the book dies off and and they're gone. Maybe there is someone in the book or the movie and they move away and we never see them as the movie or the book moves on. They're just gone. They're not there. They're just gone. Today I was reading uh, Matthew 10. I said, okay, this is about living relationships God's way. Let's look into scripture and see what we can find. And I landed in Matthew 10 where Jesus sends out the 12. And as I was reading through this, first I'm thinking, well, this doesn't fit with when the end arrives because they're still out there going about their way. But as I began to read Matthew 10, and I encourage you to read Matthew 10 yourself, follow up after you've listened uh, to me, Uh, go into Matthew 10 and read through this and look at these points that I'm going to mention now. That's what I did. I just read through this to see, okay, what's going on here? Is what we see Jesus is preparing the disciples for when he leaves. They don't know yet, but he's headed to the cross. So in Matthew 10, he is already preparing them for when he leaves. What is he doing? He is sending them out. Here it tells us, He is sending out the 12. Verse 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. So it's what he's doing. He's bringing the 12 to him so he can begin to instruct them. And verse 3, these 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. And as we read through Matthew 10, we read about the instructions. Now, I'm not going to go through the instructions and read this entire chapter uh, for you, but I'd like you to go, once again, just as a reminder, to read this for yourself or also um, You may, if you don't like to read or you're just tired of reading, listen to audio. You know, I do a lot of work with my eyes. I'm online, I'm on a monitor, I'm writing, I'm reading. And I have found myself, I love to use audio and podcasts. Now, I like video also. I use a lot of video. But as well. Is nice about podcasts, I can be doing something else. I can be making a cup of coffee, and I can listen to the audio of Matthew 10. So that's just a, a little side note there for you. Now back to Matthew 10. Okay, the ending. He knows the end is coming soon, and he will not be with them. Jesus knows his time on earth will be ending soon. So what did the disciples do to prepare for his leaving, but they did not know that he was leaving? What did they do 
they listened. You know, right now I have just a hard copy that I printed out of Matthew 10, but before I printed this out, I picked up my Bible, and I have what's called the Red Letter Bible, and all of the words that Jesus speaks are printed in red. And as I look at chapter 10, it is filled, filled with red letters. The only place that I do not see red letters is verses 1 through, let's see, 1 through 4, and following to the end of chapter 10, the letters, the chapter is in red. This is Jesus giving instructions. He is preparing the disciples for the ending, and they are listening. Now, remember, though, for this end, Jesus knows, once again, the end is coming, but the disciples do not know that they did not know that Jesus is heading to the cross, and this is part of the preparation, preparation. and so let's jump up here a little bit, okay? Most of us, if you are a Christian, you have received Jesus Christ, you know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, okay? So after this happened, there's an ending for the disciples. There's an ending for Jesus, first of all. His ministry is over on earth. He will return again one day. But his ministry, his physical ministry on earth, where he walked about and spent time with the disciples, is over. But also, there is an ending here for the disciples. The man that they spent time with is no longer here. I can imagine maybe if they ran, one of them or two or three ran through their mind uh, when they first met Jesus. Have you ever done that? You've lost someone that was very special to you. Um, you know, I have a, a friend that died. I think it was, I think we're going on two years now. And once in a while, I'll come across a picture of her or I'll think of her. I'll think, oh, I'd love to call her and tell her that. And, and then I remember, no, I can't because she's, she's not here. And um, sometimes I forget, but that is because she was someone that was in my life. She she spent time with me. She went out of her way to spend time with me. And we were both very busy, but as we got together, we just loved to spend time with one another. But the time came when she died. Uh, uh, she had cancer, and she is now she is now in heaven. The ending arrived. And so there are times that I may think of something we did or something she said or something we were laughing about. And I wonder if the disciples uh, thought of Jesus this way because they spent time with him that after he was gone, that end arrived, did they did they think of him? Did they think of the time that uh Maybe they laughed together. Did they think of the time when they were feeding people or when when Jesus was praying for people to be healed? Did they recall those times? Did they recall the ending of um, their employment 
for instance, let's use Peter as an example. Uh, he left his fishing. It was the ending of his fishing. He moved from the familiar to the unfamiliar. He moved from one job to spending time with Jesus. Then there came the time that when Jesus was no longer with him or with any of the disciples, the end of their traveling, it was the end. It was done. There was no more traveling with Jesus because he was no longer on earth with them. The ending, they saw the ending at the cross. The ending of spending time with Jesus in a physical sense and learning from him, just like we read in Matthew 10, is now over. Have you ever had people in your life they, they did not die. They're not in heaven. They didn't become ill, but maybe they moved. Maybe life changed. Maybe you moved. Maybe there's someone that you're thinking of right now. You know, I have had different leaders in my life through the years uh, that my desire is, oh, I would just love to sit down with them again and learn from them. But there was a specific season that they were in my life and they poured into my life and I also was part of their ministry, but then that season was over and it came to an end. You know, I think of the place where I received Jesus Christ, the church that I walked into, the the time that my life was totally changed. Uh, there was many people that I met there. Um, it was a new church, a church plant, but... Um, and it had just started, and uh, they were in their first building. But there was a couple, I was in my early 30s, and there was a couple that kind of adopted me. When I would see them, they taught me how to pray. I would ask them, um, you know, could you pray for me? Because I knew to ask, you know, if I had a prayer need, and that's okay. But to teach me is what they would have me do. They'd say, Nancy, I'm going to pray for you, but you pray first. And that's how I learned to pray. But they were involved in my life for a long time until it was time for me to pick up and move to another state and to begin attending a university. But they they were just in my life, not in a professional capacity, but they were just in my life and they taught me as we went along. But there was a time that came to an end. Just as there was a time for the disciples, there was a time in Matthew 10 that we read and and chapters after Matthew 10 that Jesus is instructing the disciples, but there came a time when they were gone. There came a time when my friend went to heaven. There came a time when it was time for me to move. Maybe you're thinking of someone right now that you wish that they were with you but that part of your life is ended. It's okay to have fond feelings of them. It's okay to recall what they taught you. It's okay to recall the times that you spent together. So I wonder, all of those feelings that we grapple with, with what I'm talking about in our lives, did the disciples grapple with those feelings? Did they go through times of fear, not just because they saw Jesus on the cross, but because he was no longer with them. He was no longer there. Even though he went off alone by himself sometimes, he came back. 
And now he is no longer there. Did they feel fear? Did they feel insecure? Because they were to carry on what Jesus gave them to do, but now they do not have him instructing them. What about our endings? Our endings of our employment. Maybe there was a job that you just loved and the company closed and you loved it. You not only loved it because of what you were doing as a job, but you loved it and enjoyed it because of the people and the customers and you were there for a long time and maybe uh, you no longer have that employment because it was time for you to move or you just knew it was time to move on or the company closed. Endings are not easy. There are times we have in our own lives, just like the disciples, but in our everyday lives, no matter where we live, no matter what language we speak, no matter how we live out our culture in day-to-day life, no matter what color our skin is, we will experience endings. It could be the endings of spending time with people from our city, our state, our country, our church, our school, our university, our family, our friends. And maybe just one of those, not all. For some reason, there isn't an ending. Or there's an ending and we don't want to let go. Maybe someone moved. Maybe we are not the person that moved. But maybe someone we're close to, they moved. But we don't want to let go. We live our day to day. We may be angry. We may become bitter because we feel it's unfair, whatever that circumstance could be for you. Endings of relationships are not easy or the ending of a divorce. This is not easy. Very difficult. It's the ending of a relationship. The loss of a loved one. And we go through Feelings, feelings of fear, excitement, elation, intimidation, uncertainty, joy, grief. Endings can be joyous. I'm going to move into something here that was joyous. It was an ending, but it was joyous. Look at uh, the book of Luke in the Gospels, the New Testament. Chapter 2, verses 22 through 39. Now, I'm go- I am going to read this to you, and I want you to listen very, very closely. I'd like you to look for the joyous ending. Uh, the version I'm using here is out of the G, it's called the GNT, and I'm starting at verse 22. The time came for Joseph and Mary to perform the ceremony of purification as the law of Moses commanded. So they took the child to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be dedicated to the Lord. They also went to offer a sacrifice of a pair of doves or two young pigeons as required by the law of the Lord. So we read in verses 22 through 24 that Joseph and Mary are out and about doing what they are to be doing. They are just on their way. In verse 25, at that time, there was a man named Simeon living in Jerusalem. 
He was a good, God-fearing man and was waiting for Israel to be saved. The Holy Spirit was with him and had assured him that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's promised Messiah. Is what he does not know is the Lord's promised Messiah is on his way and will be in front of him soon. Verse 27, led by the Spirit, Spirit, Simeon went into the temple. When the parents brought the children, the child, Jesus, into the temple to do for him what the law required, Simeon took the child in his arms and gave thanks to God. And here we go, verse 29. Now, Lord, you have kept your promise, and you may let your servant go in peace. With my own eyes I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light to reveal your will to the Gentiles and bring glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at things, the things Simeon said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is chosen by God for the destruction and the salvation of many in Israel. He will be a sign from God, which many people will speak against, and so reveal their secret thoughts, and sorrow like a sharp sword will break your own heart. So let's go back to verse 29, or let's go back to verse 26 and had assured him that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's promised Messiah. Simeon knew, even though he was getting older because of the promise from God, that his life would not be over. His ending did not arrive. But now... The promise appears, the promise of the Messiah, and now the ending for Simeon is here. The beginning for Jesus on earth is here, but the ending for Simeon arrived. Verse 36, there was a very old prophet, a widow named Diana, daughter of Phineal of the tribe of Asher. She had been married for only seven years and was now 84 years old. She never left the temple. Day and night she worshipped God, fasting and praying. That very same hour she arrived and gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were waiting for God to set Jerusalem free. She became a voice. Anna became a voice. After all of those years of waiting in the temple, day and night she worshipped God, she fasted and she prayed, and now, now she too gets to see the Messiah and became a messenger. She told other people. She spoke about the child to all who were waiting for God. So there were other people that were waiting for the Messiah to arrive. They were waiting. Now the end is here, but it's a different end. The end arrives of a certain space and time. At the end of a promise is the promise is here. And Anna, Anna. Not only Simeon, Anna was able 
to take part in the excitement. And that's what I'm talking about. Endings are not always sad. Endings can be excited or exciting. Endings can be uh, bring joy into our life. The ending of a birth, when a mother carries a baby for nine months, and as that baby grows in her and the family prepares for this baby to come into the home, excitement begins to happen. And the ending arrives, not the ending of a life, but the ending arrives of the wait when this baby is born. And this is what happened with Jesus. Jesus is born, and this is an exciting ending. It's not a fearful ending. It's not grief. It is joyous. So for us, as we are walking through change, what will assist us to continue forward in life when we experience an ending? Number one, pray. Read the word. Ask others to join you in prayer. When I am going through something big and I know that um, it's coming to an end, in other situations also, but we're talking about endings today, is what I will do, uh, for instance, um, when I'm preparing to go on a trip, and I know I may be... Uh, landing in a place that may not be the safest for me. I will enlist people before I leave to pray with me. I pray myself, but I also ask them to pray with me. And they may be people that they don't live in the same city that I'm in, but they live in many different places. They may be the people that live in the area where I will be traveling to. And they begin to pray, and then I arrive, and I still have people uh I left behind in my country, and they continue to pray. And the place where my feet land, we begin to pray. And then eventually I get on the plane and I come home. Yes, we're Christians. We still keep praying. But the praying for this trip stops. It comes to an end. It was a time of joy when we came together and prayed. But now this trip and everything that was needed came to an end. So during the time, though, as we prepared, we knew that the end would arrive eventually. There's an old word called praying through. We don't hear it much anymore, but that's what praying through is. Praying through until you see the answer, and the answer was my going and returning, and now my feet are safely back in the USA. We must understand that during many endings, we may be uncomfortable. Change is difficult for many people. The familiar, think of it this way, the familiar wraps us in a blanket of security. The unfamiliar removes the security blanket. I have been in situations where I have sat with a group of people. I'm okay with this now, but long ago when this 
uh, situation first started happening in my life because of what I was doing, and it was good, but the difficult part was to be sitting there and hearing another language and not understanding one word of what is being said. Not one. There was somewhere I went to in 2009, I think it was, as a as a tourist. I'm not sure if that's a year or not, but... Um, it was a few years ago, and I remember when I landed, I had an interpreter that was there with me, but I was in, in an area that English wasn't even a second language, so there were very, very few people that spoke English, so I was in an unfamiliar area, and that is what endings feel like for some people. I just happen to be a flexible person. It's the way God has wired me. And yes, there are some things change is hard, but I'm willing to walk into change. And that change usually arrives when there's an ending of something. There are times, just like Simeon, the wait is long. But the end arrived when Jesus was born and he held him and lifted him up. We read in a storybook, have you ever picked up a a child's book? And at the end of many children's books, I don't know if now in today's world, but they used to say the end. Or old movies, old movies are like this. At the end, you may see some credits, but it always says the end. You know it is the end. So there are times that we will be joyous when the end arrives, and there are times that we will feel grief. But each side of this coin of ending our endings is part of our life. So how do our question we began with was how to continue forward when the end approaches or the end arrives. Many times it's with tiny steps. If the end arrived because you lost a loved one, um, yes, if they received Christ, we know, we celebrate, they're in heaven, but we still grieve and we miss them. And that end on earth means we walk through it one step at a time. But I always say this caution. Many of us, especially in the United States, When someone close to us dies, we have a few days off from work, but that ends. There's a time that we must get up and go back to work. There's a time that uh, we do need to go back to work because we need to place food on the table. We have bills to pay. So within the ending, we still need to, that is move forward. We still need to move forward with our days. But in those situations, take one day at a time. And then the other side, the endings of joy, the endings of joy and celebration, it doesn't take much instruction, does it? We're just joyous and we're celebrating, just like Simeon was. No one had to tell him, Simeon, this is the end. The Messiah is here. You need to make sure you celebrate and you're joyous. We just are. But where we need our help usually comes from when we're walking through the deep water of an ending. So I encourage you today, if you are in the middle of celebrating an ending, celebrate. Enjoy. Do not let anyone else bring you down. When the end arrives, 
for something and it is joyous, celebrate and find other people that will help you celebrate. If you are walking through deep water over the end of something, remember to find those people to pray with you and do not isolate yourself. So thank you for listening to us on Living Relationships with God's Way today as we talked about when the end arrives. Uh, To get in touch with me if you have questions, thoughts, comments, maybe you have some suggestions of how to get through when the end arrives, you can email me at relationshipswithnancy at gmail.com. Take a look at my website at relationshipswithnancy.weebly.com or head on over to my blog at relationshipswithnancy.blogspot.com. And it's what you will find there, unless you're a little bit early before this recording is ready, is what you will find there is a few notes from this talk today. So we will be back next week. And if this works out really great and continues to work out uh, better on mid-afternoon on Thursday, we'll be back next Thursday afternoon. But if you're on my social network, the best way to find out where we're going to be and when on my blog, relationshipswithnancy.blogspot.com. Sign up uh, your name. Put your email in there. Anytime I post something, it will come to you. Send me an email, and I'll send you uh, and I'll send you the information when the podcast or anything we're doing is up and available for you. So once again, you can get in touch with me at relationshipswithnancy at gmail.com. <laughs>